Hello and welcome back to Biomodded, the nerd weekly video game podcast. On this week's episode, we'll go over the concerning trend of live service games. But first, I'm Ben. I'm Will. Anthony. I'm Andrew. Anthony. <laughs> Anthony. Uh, hey, I'm going through a lot right now. <laughs> <laughs> I so only I'll... got five hours of sleep. Oh, wow. I wonder why. I only got five Did hours you... of sleep. Or are you just taking my story? I slept like a baby. I slept wonderful. I, slept I got wonderful. much more than five but, hours of sleep. But uh, I'll start off with what I've been playing this week because it hasn't been much because I've been watching a lot of stuff. But uh, Rebel Galaxy uh, Space Flight Simulator. I didn't play much of it. I literally got into a space station, talked to a guy, and uh, my dad was showed up to watch Good Omens. And then uh, the other one was Sinking City, the uh, Cthulian oh, okay. Lovecraft one. I know Daniel's loving it. Mm-hmm. Is it good? That game's out? Yeah. yeah it's oh. Out. Yeah. Um, wow. It's oh. different than I was expecting. Okay. It's, it's the same company that does the uh, Sherlock Holmes games. Okay. And so it's very... Much, kind of? n- no, it's very much like uh, finding clues okay, and trying to figure. Well, you're piece, a detective, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. Piece everything together like that, but in a Cthulian world where you can like shoot monsters and stuff. So, like is that. it pretty? I mean, is the overall world and environment like intriguing to explore those clues in, or does it? I haven't just played like it much, but yes, doing a bunch of chores. Uh, Everyone loves chores. I, I always equate like games to if it feels like I'm doing chores, then I'm not playing the right game. No, it, it feels like uh, you're exploring the world and getting further into the story with it. But the world is a dreary, always raining port. Yeah. That's in, in that, like the 20s, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, like 1920s kind of feel, and that's as far as I've gotten is the port area. Has he said dame at all? No, I don't think so. That's and there's that's 50s. There's uh, oh, that's there's cool. monkey people and the uh, fish people. Oh, I do love fish people. Mm-hmm. That's folk? that's very uh, very no, no, uh, call it fish Cthulhu. people. Insmith, Ins, they're they're Insmith people. Is that where the tops the fish, yes. the bottoms? The <laughs> yes, <laughs> that's what I'm talking about. But yeah, that's. That's all I've been playing this week. Love that. What about you, Will? I've been, I uh, tried my hand at Doom. Mm. I dove into Doom 2016, and I, this is like the archetype of first person shooters, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. I love the way that it is intended to be played, which is just fast paced, very fluid. And you, it it's really hard to not play it in the way that it was intended like if you stand still you die and mm-hmm. i love that i i really i don't know if i'd call the ai smart but it's very agile and i i like that if i like climb up on a rock or something those things are just going to jump up after me which mm-hmm. means you got to keep moving and uh you know they like throw fireballs at you and which is you know a little different than just getting shot at with a gun like you can see the bullets and there's so many enemies and you're constantly surrounded all the time and then you get the awesome metal music that comes on which is near and dear to my heart <laughs> and uh mm-hmm. you get that just awesome adrenaline rush i remember playing it and going like man anthony told me that he finds these games like soothing and and i'm like i'm like feel like i'm you know got my heart just got a shot <laughs> shot of adrenaline or something. yeah i'm yep. like ready to go uh I don't know, hit the weights or something. So I'm weird in that the things that get people pumped 
and like ready to hit the weights and doing everything like soothes me so like when i lift weights i don't get angry i'm very calm and collected and That's and amazing. focused the things that make me rage are the things that like calm people down like musicals or yeah tea parties like i just like you want me to destroy things play like the barbie song and then i'll start smashing i'm oddly like that too like if i hear really folky or pop music I, it like makes me really anxious and but if i hear like metal i'm really calm yeah yeah gets me going but, you should just listen to just the soundtrack mick gordon yeah. the it's really good yeah i i should you know uh spotify's great you can do <laughs> do things <laughs> it's like on there do many things it's on sure i've listened to it multiple times it's on my workout playlist i think it was one of the songs if you play it through um one of those wave uh identifiers it'll have like uh pentagrams and 666 in it huh and cool then, cool little easter egg and you put at one in point there they had where if you play it backwards the demon saying i uh jesus loves you i don't know about that but i know about the other thing well because <laughs> no, 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 there's no, no, no there's no there's nobody talking it's like a it's like a weird yeah there's demonic, sometimes they're like, like little like demonic like whispers, whispers underneath and then oh. someone played it backwards and turned it up and yet it's just jesus loves you yeah. it's in it's inaudible like yeah. when you're listening to yeah. the, the song you don't hear it it's like under the ground but i agree with you i think when you talk about shooters just in general outside of like the last one i played which is sunshine overdrive which is a third person shooter melee it has a bunch of different elements to it but like when you talk about call of duties or halos or gears of war or any of these shooters a lot of them are cover based or you're supposed to get behind things and it's okay i'm gonna get to this corner i'm gonna shoot 17 dudes yeah, then yeah. i'm gonna move up then i'll sh- shoot 17 more and then i'll keep moving through there as opposed to the doom it's like i never stop like mm-hmm. i may be yeah. in this little area and i'll do laps around it but it's because i'm on like i'm i'm jumping from kill to kill to kill to kill to kill to kill which i think is much more gratifying than when you have to stop and like think through things and then uh, even though i i love strategy it's just I, there's something very soothing about being able to run through and just gun and feel that constant building succession like i killed this guy i killed that guy i killed that guy i'm unstoppable so playing this game on the hardest difficulty, there is strategy to it. Sure. You then get into Ooh. okay, I okay, turn, he's here, kill, jump up here, do this, and like it almost turns into the strategy is now how do you what are you're mapping out your movements of like, okay, if I go here, I'm doing this kind of Not thing. only that, but what one of the things I really like about this game is the kind of survival elements where you get the way you kill an enemy determines what they drop. And so you have to prioritize do you need health do you need ammo uh and you know how you have to you know when you kill uh, an enemy with a chainsaw they drop uh ammunition but your chainsaw also has fuel so you have to conserve that and use it very carefully and i think that's a really cool element they added my only gripe the thing that i don't like is when if you somehow miss where you're supposed to go you can end up wandering around the same place for an hour, which the maps I did. Are, the maps are tough. I, I was looking for a yellow key card for like 45 minutes, and, and and then it was like, oh, it's... But if you think about the way the game's supposed to be played, it's like the most... The place where you think you're supposed to go is probably where you're supposed to yeah, go. Yeah, absolutely. You could definitely beat the game without ever looking at the map, but... At the same time, like if you look for the collectibles or if you try to 100% the yeah. maps, it's tough because the map is that weird, 
like holographic like if it was like put out on like a a hologram in front of you you would be able to read it really well but when it's on that flat um, screen that you're looking at it's tough to read sometimes because it's hard to read depth at certain angles yeah I and I guess the other thing that is really frustrating to me is the platforming element of it I don't think they got right Uh, you can't you can't jump as high as you feel like you should and so like doing really simple things becomes very difficult well it's because doom guy's white white man can't jump great movie i'm laughing on the inside (laughs) this is a funny joke i'm not not laughing at all (laughs) that's funny anthony thanks that's funny is that wesley snipe i actually don't i actually don't know what color doom guy is i don't think oh he's yeah for some reason i have this image of his name's John Carmack, right? Is that the, the creator? The guy? That's one of them, yeah. John okay. Romero and John I think Carmack. I've seen uh, clip like uh, interviews with him. John for Carmack. For some reason, I always think of Dave Mustaine from Carmack Megadeth. is very nerdy with glasses. Romero's the the rocker looking guy with the okay. long black hair. He must hair. be the uh, the Dave Mustaine clone. In, in all honesty, I see the dude from Doom Three, which just looks like the Rock. So every time I play Doom Guy, I just think it's <laughs> but it's not. Uh, Doom Guy is actually isn't it supposed to be? No, it's it's The Rock. He oh. he's Doom Guy. That's why that movie's one one more <laughs> notch in that horrible movie. Is he Doom Guy? I thought yeah. Uh, Carl the Rock Urban no, was Doom The guy. Rock is supposed to be Doom Guy. Oh, <laughs> that's why that movie. One of the reasons. One of the many. <laughs> plethora of reasons that movie is so Can we agree horrible. that the first person part of the movie is okay, kind of cool? That was kind of cool. Okay. All right. Then we're, you got, you we're got fine. Agreement. Still haven't but, seen it. Uh, you should watch it. It's not good. That UV Bowl <laughs> movie did the same thing. The which one? The UV Bowl House of the Dead. Like it kept yes. cutting between those and that was horrible. Have you seen Hardcore Henry? Which is all first yeah, person. Yeah, I love that movie. Yeah, it's really good. Anyways, video games. The, uh, the other thing I decided to try my hand out is... Forza Horizon 4. I've seen you've been playing that quite a bit. Uh, try your hand out is a statement. Well, I, I tried Did and you play I succeeded. Lego? So I played a lot of the regular one and I was just kind of wanting to just, you know, get get my fill of the, the regular thing before Dip I went toe. into the Lego. And then uh, so yesterday, my friend. So I haven't like talked to my friend in uh, probably like eight months. And the last time, like I've texted him on two separate occasions and he hasn't texted me back. So I'm like, are we still friends? Is he mad at me? You know? And he just like messages me. He was like, Hey, can I join? Like, sure. Yeah. Why not? And so we ended up playing and chatting together from like 4 PM to 2 AM just straight. And uh yeah I, I ended up he's like well i haven't done anything on the lego the lego expansion so i uh i decided to download that and uh first of all i love forza like i love this game it really captures the a good balance between simulation and arcade mm-hmm. i think horizon and does a good job of that the normal forza is more that's this, more a simulation yeah, kind of. Yeah, because yeah, I, I was a big fan of like the original Gran Turismo mm-hmm. where I could get a 3000 GT and just soup it up and power slide into everybody yeah, and yeah. just cheat. <laughs> and then in the second one, they added like tire wear and mm-hmm. I'm just like, I don't know how to drive cars. Yeah. And uh, 
yeah, so I I think that they really got that right with with these games. Plus the the amazing like cross country traversing of like you can have all sorts of different terrain vehicles. Uh, I have a Jeep with over a thousand horsepower, four? which is four is England, right? Uh, it's it's Europe or, it's or Great Britain. British land. Okay. I don't know. Yeah. British land. Yeah, but you get a lot of like that old uh, kind of, yeah, British, Scottish mm-hmm. architecture. Yeah, I think it's Great Britain is where that one is. Yeah, there's, I think there's even like a Stonehenge mm-hmm. somewhere in there. But uh, yeah, so I, I really like this game. I noticed today when I went to get groceries, I was driving my Jeep like it was a race car <laughs> and i was like coming onto this this on-ramp that was like one of those long turns and mm-hmm. i was like okay how can i most efficiently <laughs> hug this corner so where it launches me into the left lane <laughs> very efficiently so I'm, and my jeep's got three hundred thousand miles on it i should not be driving it like a race car <laughs> but uh, uh did you dabble in the lego at all i did almost all of the lego oh what'd you think <laughs> oh you dabbled it's yeah. it's awesome I will say really? it's great. It's really cool. I do have my gripes, but um, it it's cool because it's it's a whole separate world, um, and you get to just kind of interact. In the physics are slightly different, which makes it a lot of fun. And they add all of you, you know your favorite Lego elements. There's like the pirate ship place. the The ghost forest is really cool. Um, they've got different racetracks and uh, airports and all sorts of different kind of elements of it um my main gripe is like you only have three lego cars like you build build your cars as you progress and there's only three of them to my Mm. knowledge i think i'm pretty sure that's all they did your avatar is not a lego you don't get to customize a lego Uh avatar and that seems like Mm. a very basic thing Mm -hmm. that you would include um the other thing is like not all of the map is legofied like there are forests that are real trees and i think that that's just probably like they didn't have time or the resources to prioritize that and so i mean you have to just keep like i my expectations are tempered because it is like a 20 dollar dlc it's not a full game but i i feel like they they could have done a little more but overall i mean yeah 20 bucks it's absolutely worth it there's so many races there's so much to do so much to explore and it's just really fun to drive around and i would say like my I love the team aspect. Like if you're going to play it with somebody else, you are racing as a team. So like if you suck, which I do, I, and he, <laughs> my buddy can win the race and we both win. Yay. Oh, nice. <laughs> now we traded off with like, cause it's uh, like you're driving a Ferrari, like in the sand and stuff. So yeah. it's really easy to screw up and miss checkpoints. And so like mm. if one person blows it, you know, the other guy can win it for you. And been there. Nice. Find a nickel for every time I drove a Ferrari and on in the, the beach. Yeah. Missing those checkpoints. In, into the lake. Yeah. But man, it's, it's a really great game to, play with a friend and i loved it it was cool reconnecting with with a guy that has known me from you know back in my band days and we just talked about like old bands and uh wondering why they're putting out terrible music now and why they're still bands and uh yeah it's pretty pretty awesome experience i highly recommend it if you even remotely like racing games awesome that's really cool hey you Hey, buddy. What you been playing? So, I've been playing The Witcher 3, mm-hmm. as promised. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I'm not rushing, but I'm trying to get through uh, the Bloody Baron storyline because that's about where I stopped mm-hmm. the farthest I've gotten through The Witcher. So I know as soon as I'm done there, then I can pretty much do whatever I want and everything will be pretty brand new. I'm skipping like side little side things, just going straight on just to streamline story because I don't remember a lot of the side stuff. So I know if when I experience it for another time, it's going to feel fresh as opposed to I still pretty vividly remember the bloody baron starline so i'm almost done with that um it's been really good probably would already been done with it if it wasn't for a game called uh dota underlords and, <laughs> um, so this is that auto chess i keep yes. hearing people talk yeah. about auto chess what it's, is auto chess oh my god <laughs> <laughs> the way you talked about uh kingdom is how i feel about i'm oh. i'm it's bad. <laughs> My wife has told me to stop a couple of times. Like, it's gotten that bad. She's like, hey, can you? It's good that you have it's, that angel on your shoulder. Dude, dude, it's yeah. It's kind of, oh my gosh, from what I've seen. So um, auto chess is, so what it is, is that you basically, so Dota, and there's another one called Team Tactics, where there's a whole bunch of them, but you place units on a chess board, and then you use it to build synergy, like team building or uh, what characters you use, and you upgrade those characters. But once fighting starts, you have no control. It just goes, oh. and the way you put your pieces and what teams you build, it just generates what the battle would look like and who wins. Well, so that's the what auto part is of this. Huh? Are you playing this on Xbox? Uh, it's on. No, no, no. It's on PC, PC and mobile. Okay. I don't play mobile games. I hate mobile games. Same. I refuse to. I downloaded this. This is how. <laughs> this is how really? bad it's gotten. <laughs> I play it on my iPad. I play it on my phone. Like when I so when I get done working out, I'll literally start up a game of Dunder, Dota Underlords, knowing it's going to take me 30, 45 minutes, and I'll go on a walk because I know by the time it's done, I get a 30, 45 minute walk. Get a little exercise. But I'm just focusing on. It's it's got <laughs> it's got me, man. I don't like. I feel like a recovering have addict. The, have you seen the donkey video on it? Yes, yes, oh, yeah. It's pretty good. He, yeah, it's really good. He likes it quite a bit. Yeah. So like, what happens is that basically you start off with money and everything you use money you buy heroes and the heroes you get each hero has two to three subclasses like one class is uh if you collect a certain amount on the board they activate like you get more damage as a team or if you have two trolls all troll characters attack faster if you have all mages then they do more magic damage so you start building a team and there's so many different ways that you can build this team but you every round you get a new five heroes that you can buy from and it's randomly generated what five heroes they are and then uh as you level up as the game goes on you start off the game having one hero on two heroes on all the way up until 10 but you have to spend money to upgrade so what happens is that as you become higher level the higher tier characters there are so the first couple levels you're at you only have one through three tier characters you don't get some of the top tier ones which cost more gold but that's okay because for every three of that character you get it upgrades a level so you have a one star hero when you get three of them he becomes a two star hero now you need three two star heroes to make it a three star hero so you're specifically in your bench can only hold like seven characters so you're specifically holding on to certain characters that you're like okay i'm trying to upgrade here or i'm holding on to this character so when i upgrade from level six to seven i can put that new character out and that let that now allows me to activate the knight ability that i have one knight character out there right now 
which his other subclass is the slasher, which allows me more damage output. So now when I put out that second knight, now I'll have the slasher ability and the knight ability. And you basically use this positioning of where there's like assassin classes that the first thing they can do at the start of the map is teleport behind you and they start attacking all your uh, high damage dealers, which don't have a lot of defense or health. So that starts hurting you. So then do you back yourself up against a wall so they can't teleport behind? But if they teleport behind your team, if you face a team that doesn't have assassins, your team then walks out to the center and they're more spread out. And a lot of these abilities, you have to be one cell away or two spaces away. So when you start spreading out, you start losing those abilities. So then positioning becomes extremely important. And the randomized team building becomes important. When do you buy a new hero when do you don't do you upgrade now do you wait do you want to upgrade your level or do you sit at a couple of levels specifically meant to upgrade the other thing on top of it is that they have a interest part of it so every 10 gold you have you get that much interest so if i have 10 gold if i win or lose i get a certain amount of gold plus one if i have 30 i get win or lose i get a certain amount of gold plus three and it's all that way up to 50 so you go okay i'm not gonna sp so then you start banking you go, okay, now I will never go below 10 coins so I can always get that interest or, okay, now I'll never get below 30. So you have like six different management systems that you have to take care of on top of the RNG of hoping that you get that character. And when that first character comes up, you're like, oh my God, holy crap, I finally got him. I can start building this. And then it's like, is it too late to start putting in a new character? And you just got to play with it because there isn't, I've seen multiple builds throughout this auto chest that all work because they all work against each other if you build a very strong tanky group that works well against damage and assassin they get shredded by mages because they don't have a ton of uh mage resistance and you don't have enough damage output to kill the mages before they kill you but assassins shred mages so there becomes this rock paper scissors of who mm -hmm. do you hold on to who you not hold down to and the powers are really cool the heroes are super interesting each hero has a special ability so as you do damage and take damage you build up their mana and once their mana reaches a certain amount they can activate their super ability but abilities have different cooldowns so it turns into okay like there's one character called, named krunka who calls in a ship that is a CC ability. It like damage controls and it freezes people. But the problem is, is that you want him to survive long enough to be able to activate it, but he's a melee character. So now do you place him at the front, hoping that he survives long enough, or do you put him in the second level so he doesn't do a ton of damage, but he can survive long enough to get the ship out there? So there's a ton of things that you have to manage. And also helps that I'm actually really good at it. Do, so... You said that the like the battles are simulated, like they play out. Yeah, you own. watch them. Do you think that? Do you feel that the continuity between what you build and what you see played out is yes. pretty strong? I do. I do think when you watch it, if you're you understand the mechanics of the game, right. you understand why I lost and why I won battles. And there are times, legitimately, you just have bad RNG. Like I, I had a match earlier today, like um, where I think each match you go in with eight people seven or eight people and then you start off with 100 health and then depending on how many characters are left over that's how much damage is done to the other person so you take a damage for each star left over so if a person has two two star heroes you take four damage plus whatever round different the longer the later in the game the more damage you take per round so it turns into like you may lose but if they only had one hero left you only lose one life not a big deal but if you get shredded 
and you lose like 14 health, like that's big. And it goes all the way down until you're eliminated, you lose your health. Um, where you do feel when you watch the battle play out, you go, I know what I did wrong. And I've made personal adjustments where I look at the board and I go, I'm in second or third place right now. Guy at top has 100 health, but his build is an assassin build. I'm now going to set my team up to destroy him, knowing that I may lose to the lower tier guys, but they only have 13 health left. They're going to be killed off by the assassin guy anyways. So you start playing with, okay, how do I do this? The other cool thing about it is that anytime you can look at another person's build and what characters they have in their bench, where they place their characters, but you don't know who you're going to fight. At the end of every round, there's a countdown, and then once the countdown goes off, a random opponent comes out. Okay, so, so you, do you get to see info about your opponents? Yes, you can see And then see one everything. is randomly And then one is random, so it turns okay. into who am I going to face. And so you can build your team based on what you see around you. How many, how many are how many opponents do you see? Oh, you can look at everybody. How, how many is? I think there's seven or eight total people. There's in a the pool match. of like eight people. Mm-hmm. And then, okay, so you get to see all theirs and then you build. Well, you probably wouldn't build based on that. but You, you build could, yours, but you yeah. could change your positioning. You could also change. Like there's a lot of times where depending on RNG, you may go, okay, I may be going for a um, shielded knight damage output build. But because of a lot of those characters secondary coincide with like a druid um, primordial build, and then you face against someone where it would be more advantageous to switch to a more hard druid primordial build, then you take out certain characters and you put other characters in, and that's what you use your bench for. You're like, okay, what's working, what's not working, and then you start playing with, and then also you have to go with what the RNG says. Like if you like if you're going against a person who's an assassin build and you're just not getting the heroes to play against an assassin build, you just have to build the best team that you can and just hope that other teams beat his assassin build and that your whatever build you're running with can beat whatever's left over. So it's it's plays out like a chess game where it's just one on one, right? Yes. And then it's kind of like a, then, a tournament essentially. So, so it opens up the first three rounds are creep rounds where you face a like a boss. And then once you kill that boss, you get an item, which you can use to attach to heroes or it gives you a team boost. Like one of them is like every time a druid dies, it gives 30 health to anyone that's within one or two cells of it. Um, Or one of them is like a demon hunter. Like if you have a demon hunter, they can do blah, 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 blah. And so that may change your builds from what items you get. And then after that, the next like seven or eight rounds, you play people. And then on the 10... 15th, 20th, I want to say, like all every five round, you get another creep round to get another item. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So, so it's just based on playing and progressing and, and building your team up. It's addictive. So one of the streamers I follow, his name's Kraken. Um, we've talked about him. Yeah. Um, we've talked about him quite a bit. Really? Did you ever show him restaurant? I, oh, I totally we, forgot. We, to we may have to watch that. But anyways, um, he streamed. So originally Auto Chess was a mod from Warcraft 3. Mm-hmm. Which, when really? Warcraft three, yeah, interesting. The Donkey's video, yeah. which we should watch as well, is that he talks about is like no one played Warcraft three. Everyone just played the custom maps built. <laughs> you know, this is literally Dota came from a mod from, from Warcraft 3. World right, of Warcraft three, right. yeah. and so did a whole bunch of other different ones. I played just the, Warcraft three. Yeah, Warcraft. Warcraft three. I'm sorry, um, not World of Warcraft. Uh, Warcraft three, where I played the Lord of the Rings mod in Warcraft three. 
where you could like sure. they would change the heroes where one hero would be Gandalf and Frodo and they would take you along the journey of the Lord of the Rings, <laughs> um, which was really, really cool. Uh, Auto Chess was one of those. And then now within the last month or so, they have now released standalone free to play or not free to play They're early access. So they're free for now um, of these games where there's one for League of Legends called Team Tactics and there's one for Dota called Dota Underlords. Where did you get this? Uh, I just downloaded it. I got it on Steam, and then you it's can download Steam. it from the App Store. But anyways, so I've seen Kraken play the mod for... Well, I, I haven't seen him. I specifically skip his streams or his videos that are focused around that. I'm like, I don't know what this is. I don't care about Dota. What's Auto Chess? It looks stupid. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but then the new one came out about a month ago, and my brother-in-law is named Steve. He came over, and he started talking to me about it. I'm like, oh, what have you been playing a little bit lately? He's a gamer and a nerd, and... Um, he's like, uh, I've been playing a little bit of, uh, uh, Dota auto chess. I was like, yeah, I've seen some videos about that. I don't know about that. He's like, it's pretty good. So I was like, all right. So we put on Kraken stream and he starts talking to me about it. I'm like, I don't know. I'm like, maybe I'll download it. He left that night and I downloaded it. Dude, it's like directing straight crack. Into <laughs> things. I'm like, what, what happened? That's, people are saying it, it's the next Dota. Yeah. I just can't like, I literally, it's constantly on like one more game. It one hits more all game, the spots one for more game. you. All the strategy yes. and all the, oh yeah. yeah. It's oh, it's so good. It's really good. Not like, Dota. It's the next uh, evolution of that right. type of game. MOBAs. What are they called? MOBAs. Yeah. yeah. MOBAs. Yes. Yeah. yeah. It, is, it is like, yeah, a, a MOBA is the way. And I actually really like MOBAs. I played the Lord of the Rings MOBA. I played a lot of them. But because I don't have a PC, I couldn't play quite a few. I played the StarCraft MOBA for a long time. Uh, Hero Storm. Um, I played that Storm. for a very, very long time. Um, I like MOBAs. I like the team builds of it. Are you carrying? What's your lane responsibility? Mm-hmm. Um, different things like that. Also, like again, like it helps not to too It hopes that I'm good at these games. Like I was good at MOBAs, and I'm very good at this game. I naturally picked it up, and I started slacking people. Dude, and then now sorry. I'm now I'm in literally like there's five tiers. I'm now in the top tier in the mid level and now I play against like a whole bunch of advanced Korean like every time I drop on jump on they're Korean I don't I unfortunately I, I don't I can't tell off the lettering but every time I jump on there's the room of seven of us there's one guy who's one guy's name I remember this one guy's name was Poo Poo Joe another one was like N69 and then you know one was Alex 1983 and then like the other five were just like Korean or Japanese or Chinese lettering and I was just like I have no idea who you are. So, like, a lot of times when you play That's someone... That's you know you've got to the big leagues. Yeah, yeah you're yeah. right. But the thing is, when you play someone, their name pops up. You're, like, now facing, you know, Joe Poo Poo. And yeah, you're, like, yeah. legitimately that. That's, 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 I'm going to remember you're that You're, like, guy. okay, I'm going to remember that. Oh, but Joe when it Poo-poo. pops up as the Korean or Japanese symbols, like, I go, who the hell is this? I have to memorize the first symbol <laughs> and then look on the side. I'm, like, which one of you suckers is this? Like, I have no idea who it is. Because I'm like, I wish it like obviously they. I don't know if they had translator, but if they're they called would, characters. By the way. Characters. I apologize. Kanji. Yeah. So I like. I don't like. But do you enjoy uh, repetitive mouse clicking as fast as you can? No, you don't have to click. I know. In uh, oh yes, Dota you can. Yeah, 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 yeah. I once was trying to study in the Vancouver Library, and I just kept hearing this. <laughs> what in the world is yeah. going on? Absolutely. Yeah, I was playing. And Dota. that's the other cool thing about <laughs> that's the other cool thing about this is that. You're constantly thinking about what's your next move, but as you watch the battle go on, you're going, okay, now I'm going to... So it, it takes that, like... Again, I like Total War, where you 
let your units go out and pl- like fight, but then you can maneuver them. Okay, now I'm going to put this unit inside the trees to hide, or I'm pre- specifically going to put my cavalry in this position and my spearmen in this position, my archers over here. And this game has that of like, where do I put these different type of characters to fight against whatever I'm facing? It makes more sense now why you want to play Total War. Oh, yeah. Because that's Total War actually is exactly this. Like, you set your army up, and then the, the battle happens without you controlling anything. Yeah, yeah they're fighting, yeah. but you do control where they go and yeah. what they yeah. do, and mm-hmm. um, it's it's great. There's, there's moments where it'll get down to, you know, like, each one of you has, like, a hero or two left over, and you're just sitting there, and, like, little health gets tinked out, and you're just like... <laughs> I don't know. Because there are moments where you go into a match, as soon as it starts, you're like, oh, I'm going to get wrecked here, or I'm going to destroy this guy. But then the best matches are like, each of you has a hero two left, and you're just like, come on, come on, hold out. You got this. You got this. And then when they do it, you're like, ah! you know, you're pretty excited about it. So it's it's a ton of fun. It just it puts all my video game, board game, military, just all of it into one big thing. And it And then again, the one, like each game takes, you know, 45 minutes and you're like okay i learned what's next or let's try this builder what do i get here it just has that very addictive okay one more okay one more okay one more i don't know if you you can't put this on console it'd be too tough to like you need the freedom of your finger or a mouse to place and move things i uh i just my pc is now built so oh uh, it's free it's free oh this is troubling (laughs) should also get an epic account because they have like free games every week hmm. or month. Yeah, absolutely. Steam, Steam's been slipping. <laughs> Steam has slipped for a very long time, but mm-hmm. their sales are good. But yeah, they don't have anything in the free wise. They just don't adjust. The reason why because they didn't have any competition, and now the yeah. Epic Game Store is up. Now Steam has to be like, oh, and plus with the wait, Xbox we got to work now. Thing. Yeah, that's another chunk of the market. Mm-hmm. Yeah, competition is good. Hey Andrew, what so, kept you up? I went on a journey. I went on a journey of trying to find a game that would keep keep me playing. I uh, started with a game called Observer, which was like oh, a first it's, person. It's the uh, Layers of Fear people. Yeah, I didn't like it. Uh, <laughs> turned it off almost immediately. Like, I I got a bit into it. It's just way too slow. Like nothing is happening. I really didn't care about the world. Uh, so wasn't my game it's probably a really cool game for the people that do like it It just wasn't it's not for you uh then started playing battle chasers which is a uh turn-based rpg um set in a fantasy world which was kind of fun uh then after a while i got bored of that as well went on to neon chrome a top-down uh twin six shooter yeah that's a uh not a roguelike but it's I would say it's a roguelike of when Wait, you die. You roguelike? Start... No. Roguelite? It's a roguelike. We had this conversation. Yeah. It's a roguelike <laughs> where you die, you have to start everything all over again. Um, but like each time that your character kind of levels up in a way. Uh, and then Electric Superjoy, which was a platformer that I played for about three minutes. Uh, I turned it off almost immediately. I did not enjoy that game. Uh, Inner Space was like a weird flower journey kind of feel to it where you're just flying around in this drone and you're just hitting random spots that make the world bigger and it's it's fun calming but you know after about 30 minutes 
I wasn't into it. Uh, Fatal Furies, which was a side-scrolling. It's like an arcade. Yeah. Uh, played that for a bit. I think that game would be more fun with other people. Yes. Like, that would... I tried playing it by myself, and I was like, this is definitely... It's Castle Crashers. Like, the game straight up yeah, is Castle Crashers. Yeah, you know, Crashers. like the Simpsons beat-em-up. Is it the same X-Men characters from the Fatal Furies? Like, the... Because that, that was a fighting game in the 90s. Was it really? Yeah. Uh, was there a chick with a shield? I don't remember that, but Fatal They're Fury all... was just like a Street Fighter clone. No, 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 it's not. Oh, it's not. Yeah. yeah. Okay. It's, it's spelled differently, too. It's like Fatal Furries. Yeah. Like, that's how it's kind of spelled. Like it's F- animals? No. No. Okay. It's just, it's, it's a bunch a team of chicks. Of women. Yeah, it's, it's a bunch like... of chicks. Yeah, this is not, okay. not, not the same thing. Uh, and but then, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Uh, after all this, this journey, I was like, you know what? I have Hollow Knight. I'm going to play some of that. Got a little bit further in that. Frustrated me. Got me really angry, so I stopped. Uh, then bought the game Two Point Hospital, which is a hospital simulation that is so fun. <laughs> it's super fun. And you're literally just built like the game doesn't take itself seriously. It's straight up like we suck at being a hospital. Uh, so we need you to help us not suck at being a hospital. Like light, uh, they show lightheadedness as a person with, with a, light a light bulb. Light bulb as a head. So when it shows the surgery, they just unscrew the, the light, light bulb, bulb, throw it away, and they put their real head back on. <laughs> That's how they like, cured lightheadedness. It's ridiculous. Nice. It's a management game. Like you're trying to make like your doctors better. You have nurses. You have janitors. That like when people die in the hospital, they become ghosts. So you have to have janitors who have like a Ghostbusters talent and they have to go around ghost busting the entire hospital and you have to manage like your um workers like how happy they are so you have to give them raises Raises, how much do you pay them yeah uh so (laughs) i played i think i three-starred like four hospitals um which is quite a bit time and i was like okay i think i found my game until oh that isn't the game no (laughs) are you kidding me until i booted up moonlighter this oh, game really is poss- it's in my top five games of all time. Really? What? Really? Yes. I like literally it is perfect for me. This just like you go through a dungeon, it is straight up Stardew Valley without the farming. And it's insane where you like you you go into the dungeon, you're like, okay, whatever. I really I I started the first dungeon, I was like, I, I don't really know, like then it, I went through the dungeon. I got to the place. And I was like, man, I have to set my own prices. They make it so easy to like the characters have their own faces of like, no, that's priced too high. And then that's not like each individual person. It's priced too high. That's like a standard. So it's like, OK, then I need to lower that price. And then there's a perfect price. And then it's like, OK, that's the price it's going to be every single time. Some people might be disappointed if there's too much of it, but I've only had that happen like once or twice. And it's just like you go in, you collect everything, you have an auction, people come in, they buy stuff. And then the the reason it has me hooked is it does it doesn't have an end. Like literally the you sell your stuff, you go right back out. Like are there's you, no are you, you selling have, stuff that you get from the dungeons yeah, from the dungeons and so they'll give you like different artifacts creatures give you different artifacts uh i found out later in the game by being accidentally knocked into the pit that so at on some stages if you get knocked into holes kind of like zelda uh you fall into a lower tier area 
and there's like a secret area that has higher end huh. artifacts. And so oh, you have wow. to like each time I get into the stage, I'm like, is there a sparkle? Because like it'll kind of sparkle for a second and then you won't see it again. Uh, and that's how you know you can jump down into a hole. And it's like there is there's five dungeons, but each dungeon has three levels and you go and you you dive deeper and deeper into the dungeons. Uh, enemies get harder and harder. Uh, as you go down and they the only penalty for dying is you lose the stuff that you got in the in the place like there's no like you lose your money or any of this it's like you lose i think it's majority of the items except for the the, you have the a top one, bar yeah, yeah the top bar which is mine's just full of potions anyway so hmm. that's well, what is the purpose of money what do you do with all the money you so make? you can upgrade your shop which you can sell more items for uh you can buy uh armor and weapons so the whole point of the game you is... You can upgrade other shops also. Yeah, uh, you can buy other shops. So like you can get the blacksmith, hmm. the potion shop. There's a oh, guy... There's like the a, town. There's a, like a, there's like a mercenary dude who goes in to the dungeons before anyone else. And he gets like the high-end stuff and he charges an outrageous amount for it. But it's like, if I need this item because for blacksmithing, you need the money, but you also need resources. So it's like... I don't want to go through the, that specific dungeon again because the items that are dropped are for specific enemies and specific enemies are in specific dungeons. So it's like, I don't want to go through that past dungeon again. I'll just hawk up the money and buy this resource so that way I can make this item. Uh, but I started at about 6 p.m. last night and played about 4 a.m. That's when I ended. Mm, sweet I Jesus. woke up at 9 and turned on my Xbox and then played until we came here. Dude, you didn't even hit the 12-hour mark. No. What's going on? Yeah. <laughs> so, quick aside from that. Last night, so um, after the 4th of July, things start ramp- starting yeah, to yeah. ramp up. For I've told this story to you guys. Probably yeah. you're tired of hearing it. I feel things really, really ramp up for me. And after hearing your story of staying up really late to play it, I know Ben will stay up on weekends. And now hearing about Andrew, I've tr- last night was supposed to be night. I was like, okay, I'm I'm literally gonna put on The Witcher or Dota, and I want to play. Like it wasn't so much playing for enjoyment. Don't get me wrong, I would have fun, but it's like mm-hmm. I want to play until four or five a.m. I want to have that. Yeah, stay up late, have all the fun. I fell asleep at eleven. <laughs> <laughs> like I want to ha- like I like so I work Monday and Tuesday, so it may be the Tuesday night thing. Um, where I do want to have one of those before, like before it ramps up, before it ramps up yeah. because once that se- the second kid comes along, I go to school full time. I may not have one of those opportunities for another 10 years. Yeah. Like when, yeah. you know, my kid, when the second kid is 10 and then Elena's 15 dad, you know, staying up one Friday night and sleeping in on a Saturday won't be that bad. I'll be working, you know, things like summer break, whatever it is, I'll be able to do it. So this may be one of the, the last few times these next couple of days I can go, you know, hey, babe, I'm sorry, but I'm shutting the door. And, you know, <laughs> if the house starts burning, <laughs> you know, let me know yeah. kind of a thing. I, for some reason, this is the this is the latest I've stayed up like this with a game uh, in a very long time. And it literally, I went, man, I, I even acknowledged it. I went, I've been playing this game for too long. I looked at the clock and it was like, one it was i think 1 a.m i went oh that's not too bad <laughs> and then i went the sun's up <laughs> it was yep. like oh no like those that feeling is so cool though yeah, i it, think it's, and when that happens you're like well yeah i'm i'm in this far yeah. and <laughs> it's 
there's just something about it of uh, you have a record of what you last sold your item for, and it'll like show you. It'll show you. It's like you sold it for this price. It'll even auto do it for you. So when you put the stuff on the market, it's like, hey, this is the price that people thought was the perfect price last time. And you're like, sweet, I don't have to keep looking at things. But when I'm in the dungeon, it's like I'm going deeper and I'm now going, what items can I sell for like less? And I'm just going to get rid of those. And I'm going to dive deeper trying to collect more, even though my pack is full. Like it's like, I know I can get more. And I think like when you start out getting a thousand, maybe 2000 gold is that's like quite a bit. I think my last like dive into the dungeon i got like seventy thousand of just you know it's the are the strategy dungeons of, procedurally generated yes so okay. each time you go into a dungeon is different okay. uh mm-hmm. and so that it's crazy because i think one time i went like two steps and i got to the boss area i was like already <laughs> like no how um, how's the combat uh so you get different weapons i've only used the sword and shield it's the first weapon you get uh, when you understand it, it's really good. Yeah, uh, I don't you, think I ever understood if it. You, yet. I didn't play that much, but yeah. it didn't really click with me. If you go into combat. it trying to do Legend of Zelda, uh, you're going to die. Mm-hmm. Um, because each enemy has a specific thing of what they do, but it's not really telling until there was like so many times when I just like run at an enemy. I'm like, why am I taking so much damage? And then it was just like. I got to the point where it's like one once I get into a uh, a dungeon, I do not just charge. It's like okay, these are the enemies; they will attack first, and your dodge roll makes you invincible to every damage. So it's like even if they're swinging and you dodged into their attack, you're still in that dodge roll; you're immune to it. That's that's very rogue roguelike yeah, style, yeah. Uh, and so it's which is very key for the bosses. Uh, each so how the bosses are set up is uh the first two areas have the same boss but they just get stronger for the second time and then they have a final dungeon boss that gives you a key to unlock the fifth dungeon which is what your character is trying to get to um and he also runs this merchant shop uh in in this small town so he's moonlighting yeah uh and the the cool thing is it's when you good. when you upgrade your shop like it's like, oh, there's there's more area. I can sell more things like faster and more people are going to come in so I can just I can do this whole thing faster. Uh, except then they add in thieves. So people will come in and like try to just steal from you and you have to like run from behind your counter and tackle them. <laughs> and like and it's like get your thing back. But at the same time, there's people at the counter waiting to like buy your item. And I haven't had this happened but i'm pretty sure if you let them wait enough they'll just get tired and then walk away it's kind of like the the diner dash yes yeah and it's like they even have a it's kind of uh, like working at safeway yeah they have a they <laughs> have a, you're not allowed to tackle <laughs> no you gotta call they have a they have a cheap box that i bought where i can just throw all the things that are just junk and i throw in there and it's like 75 percent off and people just walk up and like all right okay i'll buy it it's like i don't set a price for that it's like a set price for each item and I, I'm like, why is this even here? And like, why did I even buy this? And then I have found myself many times just filling up that box. Just like, here, just buy things and people walk up. And do, you, yeah. do you know the people that come in? Like, do you build a relationship or are they... I mean, not really. Every person that comes in is in the village. 
So, okay. like, you can go in the village and talk to them. And, like, when I defeated the first boss, like, I went around and talked. And people were like, you killed that boss? They're like, you killed that, like, that monster? That's so cool. That's so awesome. And so, there is a bit of that. Uh, and then, uh, like, the blacksmith was like, hey, hey, these items are available. Like, I can. I don't, I don't necessarily mean, like, you're talking and you get in. Hey, I'm Joe and yeah, I yeah, have yeah, three yeah. kids and this. But. Like, it's the same people coming in, so you have that feel of, like, yes. what if you yeah. owned this type of shop in a small town? Yeah. You would learn everybody's name. You would know them, mm-hmm. what they look like, you know, things yep. like that. And then, like, when a when a thief comes in, like, I know it's a thief. I'm like, you're going to steal from me. And, like, I watch. Like, I get around the counter. I'm just standing there waiting for them to grab something. <laughs> they're just uh, they're looking side to yeah. side. You're acting like you're not looking yeah. at them. Yeah, and, and then, like. You're discriminating. Yeah, exactly. Uh, they have rich people where like you can set the price at any price. Everyone else will be like super disappointed in the price. They'll just come in, grab it, and like buy it. It's like so that's every like I'm rich. Yeah, you like, can buy whatever. Uh, and then there's um, adventurers who will come in and like they are specifically looking for combat items. So it's like if you find a spear or like a sword in the in the dungeon, but yours is better, you can. Uh, put it up there and they're going to be more inclined to go buy that um whereas usually adventures will come in look around and then leave if it's not there so just that sounds awesome yeah well i i already downloaded it so. it's i'm uh yeah starting I'm bu- things I'm bummed you, you get two you get two weapons too so it's like you don't just get choose one weapon yeah like a secondary it. um so right now i'm rocking a sword and shield and a bow and like but you can use they have uh like Combat claws, which I'm guessing are like a faster, faster kind of thing. Yeah. Um, they have a spear. They do have a spear. I always use spears. Uh, they have big swords. Uh, Is there an option for kung fu? These big swords. I guess that's the claws. Fist. That's all. Yeah. It is a kung fu item. Yeah. Right? You start. You start out the game with a broom, and you're like attacking <laughs> broom, and then you die. Like there's a forced death at the beginning, and this old man is like. What are you doing in the dungeons with a broom? Here's a sword and shield. Nice. Like, Good old uh, fashioned force deaths. Yeah. You don't do that very often yeah. anymore. Um, but it's super fun. And uh, yeah, it I, literally, literally when you're, you don't even have to go to sleep. And that's, I think that's what stops it. Cause no, like, that's, those, that's Andrew. Just literally. Like, literally yeah, I Andrew literally didn't have to go to sleep. sleep, but you, there's so many times when it's like, <laughs> I finish the dungeon. The dungeon puts you, once you finish the dungeon, it puts you in the next stage of uh, time. So it's like, if you win at night, it's daytime. You go sail your stuff. Now it's nighttime. You go to the dungeon. Like, literally, you don't have to sleep at all. And Is it, there a benefit perfect. to sleeping? or uh, That's how you uh, can change the time of day. That's okay. Right. I like that. Right. And when you buy, you can upgrade your bed, and you have to sleep in it first, and it gives you an extra 50 hp but after that it, you're always at extra 50 hp i so. do want to shout out unless ben's gonna talk about bloodstain no uh have you not I, played bloodstain no i'm so playing. that one's out it's an ode to symphony night Castlevania. Mm-hmm. Uh, castlevania uh there's a couple of bugs with it don't buy it on switch um because that's where a lot of the major bugs are it's good though yeah it's really if you like castlevania but especially symphony of the night metrovania style um games it's oh it's really good the art's really good um the combat's a lot of fun you're constantly flooded with new abilities like there's just it's so much to it um that's really good so Hmm. i do want to throw that one out that one's pretty new so people are on the fence about buying it it's only 40 bucks it's not a full 60 dollar 
So you spend 40 and get it. So there you go. Let's see. It's nice. In uh, our next segment, we'll be t- going over the news. The news. Let's the news. We're back. Anthony, can you go over from Game Daily Daily Biz dot biz by uh, Muck Mike oof, Muck <laughs> Mike Futter. And this was uh an interview with EA executive Andrew Wilson. Andrew Wilson. Andrew Wilson. Which if you haven't read the CEO. article, CEO. you, sh- you yeah. should you should read it. Um it's 17 pages long. Yeah. But <laughs> you should absolutely read it. A lot of other um Gaming sites, IGN, GameSpot, things like that are taking little tidbits out of it and writing news stories on it, which is perfectly fine. But if you take the time and read this article, there's a lot of fun stuff you you get on. But it reads, Game consumers have a complicated relationship with live service games, also known as games as a service. The paradigm shift from box products to games that evolve and change over periods of years has been an awkward metamorphosis. Players want more. More games, more content in those games, and more value for those games. However, the way players think about games, content ownership, and access is a thorny bush rooted in Xbox Live, PlayStation Network, and Discord. Consumers want to have a sense of ownership over their media, but there's also no way to play many of the most popular games without the servers that support them. Players want regular updates, quality of life improvements, and major expansions, but they also decry many efforts to monetize the work that goes into keeping the game running smoothly. He continues, Games as a service isn't going anywhere. Publishers like EA, with the resources to deliver large-scale live games, will continue to do so because that's what players demanded. The challenge is that the push towards a consumer base that is extremely online has led some to believe that the games industry's only viable path forward is service-based games. Unit sales aren't the metric of choice anymore as publishers and platformer holders shift their focus to monthly active users, or MAUs, or MAU. Mouse. Mouse. How many mouths you got? Once, <laughs> quote, once you get to the point where social interaction is really, really important, then you discover the network effects in the context of games is as important as it is for Facebook, Snapchat, Twitter, or any of the other social media, end quote, Wilson explained. Once you come to terms with that, what you understand is that people will come together to consume this content together, and they will want to stay and continue to consume that content and fuel those relationship uh, relationships as part of that. The reality is that this is going to mean games as a service is going to be foundational to our industry, because that is how you will fulfill the motivations of players who have social interaction at the very core of why many of them play games for much of the time they play them. Linear titles have been successful from first-party studios, where the revenue goal isn't simply targeting units sold, but also how those marquee offerings push hardware sales. Third-party AAA publishers have been shying away from linear games because they don't offer the opportunities for reoccurrent spending and players aren't purchasing them at launch the way that they used to. The value proposition no longer works for many. And that's uh, how I've been seeing it lately, like, games have these these live service games have just felt i i know they have the hook that a lot a lot of people are getting but they just 
whenever I start them up, they just feel so empty and devoid of any kind of story or uh, personality. I think, yeah, yeah I think uh, one of my favorite examples is Sea of Thieves, mm-hmm. where mm-hmm. when it first came out, people were pretty hyped on it. We jumped on, we played together, yeah. and we had a fun couple of outings. And then after a while, you're just like, there's nothing here. To the point where our entertainment came from putting you in Us. jail. Yes, this is true. Me and voted <laughs> like, in jail. You never put me into break. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, where a lot of times with these games where they have a good hook, like you said, but then once you've spent five or six hours in the game, you've experienced all there is to offer. And then yeah. now you the game is continually updating, but you got to wait for that update. So the question turns into, do you come back every three months, spend another six hours of fun? That's the thing. These games aren't bad. The games are fun. Mm-hmm. Spend the six hours of fun. Like, like Destiny, Like people love that. Spend oh, many hours totally. every day playing that. But whenever I play it, I'm just like, this is so soulless. I can see the hook that's getting people into it. While with Halo, I, I loved uh, exploring that world while with destiny is just there's nothing there were you playing with people you know or no others online i don't like playing with people see that's the thing when it comes to games as a service is you get so much more out of it if you have people Mm -hmm. to play with because i'm the same way with you ben is that i don't like to play with people online or when i do find people to play online the problem is finding that game all of the people that you would play online with like Mm -hmm. even us four who shared quite a bit of similar opinions on games we'll play you know suggest games to each other we listen movies the whole nine trying to find a game that all four of us want to play all the freaking time that we dedicate a time out of just we haven't even done that and you know Mm -hmm. what i'm saying let alone we're really bad at communication too (laughs) but also when are are we gonna play but uh, also finding the the game game. (laughs) but also finding the game all four of us that hits yeah that like if we want to play destiny not all of us would enjoy enjoy dauntless andrew didn't exactly we all enjoyed Vermintide, yeah. but we just Which haven't we just gotten tied. Yeah, we need to play that. I think the the games as a service model hinges completely on the community. Mm-hmm. Uh, it because the the only way these things can succeed is if you know people pick that game and they're playing that game over and over and over again, which means they're not playing other games. Yeah. and so it, the reason why they do that is because it's what their friends are playing. And because I've thought about this, I'm like playing Forza, looking at all of this content, like there's too much, like you're, I'm overwhelmed with how much I have to accomplish. And I'm like, how do you, how do you make money when you are constantly supporting this thing that I only paid for? Well, I didn't even pay for Forza. I got it free on Game Pass, you know, but I did pay 18 bucks for a DLC, you know? And so I, I think you kind of get people hooked on that, but really that linchpin is like, if you have your crew that you play with a lot and I'm kind of in the same boat with Ben, I like, unless I know that person, I've, I've had terrible experiences trying to just play with regular people online. Cause like sometimes they're just mean, terrible people, not really terrible. They're just, they don't treat you like a human being, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And so it's, it, if, if that's not, what you're looking for, like if you're not looking to be social with a game, then absolutely games as a service is kind of useless. Scary. Yeah. Just to see all like like EA Bioware famous for their 
storylines, single player, yeah, and Mass like Effect, relationship right? building with the people, and this train wreck of a game Anthem. that was kind of forced on them. I feel like because it's like EA wanted this live service game, and I'm sure Bioware didn't really want to do it. Like they had a basic idea, but they didn't. I'm pretty sure they didn't want to make a live service, but actually wanted a fleshed out story. But yeah, it's like, yeah, this is the future. EA is so weird because they are very unique. They have these money makers with all their sports games, which basically sustains all of their failed projects. Like they keep trying these things that cost them so much money. No one else can do that. If like, if they didn't have their sports franchises, they probably wouldn't exist right now. Yeah. Which is why they're doing the their crazy uh, loot box defenses with the surprise. Oh, you mean surprise, surprise elements? Mechanics. Right, right, right. <laughs> surprise There's mechanics. no such thing as but loot box. They're just yeah. like Kinder Eggs. Yeah, they're just like Kinder Eggs. Uh, no, it's... um. Why? You have basketball car or sports yeah, cards. Yeah, literally It's staring you right in the cards. face. It's like people who did collecting... That's not gambling, you, you know what I'm saying? But yeah. people spend money to get that randomized. Yeah. But instead, they choose the random toy, <laughs> the egg you buy, and you hope you get a, a toy out of it. Oh, it's just like that. It's e- like, come on, guys. Even in this article, Andrew Wilson talks about when he was a kid buying kiss cards, and that's what he kissed the band. Mm-hmm. They had, for some reason, they sold trading cards, and which is kind of hilarious. Trading cards were, in 70s and 80s, trading cards were huge. Yeah, yeah. but I mean, that's exactly what, the premise of these loot boxes was was based on cards, and that's yeah. absolutely why I actually like loot boxes is because I liked cards when I was a kid. Yeah, I get that. I'm with you. And but, that's really the only reason. But again, <laughs> like with EA and these other companies, the games of the service, another great example is Ubisoft with Rainbow Six Siege, where originally that game was fine. People were like, this is cool. But what that game is now is completely different than what it was released and it's it's done nothing but grow and uh wilson talks about it even more now about how battlefront had the same thing battlefront had the rough start with the loot box and all this stuff and that there's a uh, metric that they use that works on a scale of negative 100 to positive 100 and it depends on how people feel about your game Mm -hmm. and zero is neutral and anything in the negative is more is more people feel more negative about your game and anything in the positive more people feel about positive obviously the closer you are in 100 on either side the either more negative or more positive yeah, it is it's, it's and, more positive than than people feel negative yeah about. exactly yeah. so if you have a 10 right it's yeah. the game isn't really loved but it's people who play it are like this is fine more positive than negative exactly yeah. you have a negative 50 people like this game freaking sucks more often than not and he talked about how they had a 30 point swing and that now they're well above zero, which makes me think that they're probably in the 20 to 20s, yeah. 20s somewhere on there. Is, is that it, overall or is, is that for uh, Battlefront 2 specifically? For Battlefront. They're okay. talking about Battlefront 2. And that's not no surprise. They released a whole bunch of free stuff for out of it. They turned it into a games of service and they try to flip things around after that really, really rough start, um, which undoubtedly that game was in the negatives from yeah. fan reception. And because the game was good, it was just how they went about it. Like, there's only so much crap you're willing to take, right? And if the game doesn't... <laughs> the game was okay. Yeah. But because of the crap on top of it, yeah. they're just like, what the crap? You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? As opposed to if the game didn't have the loot box controversy and it was what it was, people would be like, great, more Star Wars Battlefront. Yep. Yeah. I now get to play in different eras and this, that, and another, and mm-hmm. they would be playing with house money. But now the problem is is that 
now when this next Battlefront comes out in a year or two, like people are going to be like, I don't know. Should I buy it? Mm-hmm. You know? And that's, it's really interesting because this was happening uh, about like nine or 10 years ago, but less of service games, but just multiplayer games in general. Like I remember it was where. Oh, just like P- Star Wars, MMOs. Yeah. MMOs. 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 Were really MMOs and then, huge. And it's like. And then uh, uh, MOBAs were another one that people just started making MOBAs. Destiny came out and kind of changed yeah. the field. And that's that's where I'm not too worried because the the big companies have always done that where multiplayer became the the forefront of Call of Duty. Um, yet now we're getting World War Two, um, or not World War Two, Cold War. What is it? Modern Warfare is it's a Cold War. Oh, oh yeah, modern yeah. Warfare. There will be the modern yeah. warfare, but the one after that's the yeah. Cold War. And where people are saying that the story single player experience of that yeah so far has been super really really good super well done and so that's because they have 17 companies (laughs) not on this one this one is just yeah uh and so that's that's where i'm i'm not too worried especially with the experience i just had of like i'm going to invest more heavily into the indie experience of this i got this moonlighter game I don't know the developers, but it's incredible. Uh, but I'm I'm sure you're gonna find out. I had the same experience with Oxenfree. Yeah. Now whatever they put out, I'm instantly like, I had such a fun time for that four hour experience. I'm four now hours, gonna, yeah. you know what I'm saying? I'm mm-hmm. gonna play whatever else they put yeah. out, yeah. and then I get, I bet the next Moonlighter game that comes out from those people, you're like, oh, these people did Moonlighter. Let me check this out. Yeah, it's the same thing with like the Bastion people of mm-hmm. like Transistor came totally. out and. Super giant they, game, super yeah, massive. Did they super, do Hades? Is that them? Super massive. Yeah. Okay. And so it's, it's. I do see that. I, I'm not as concerned because once again it's EA. So it's like I wasn't playing EA games, to begin with. Um, it's like if Activision came out and was saying the same thing of like, when they kept saying, "Oh, this is all the new multiplayer stuff in our Call of Duty." And it was like, I that's not something I really. Oh, we're just gonna okay. focus on multiplayer. Yeah, for, for that, this for one, one game because it didn't pan out too well. Yeah, but I'm with you. I think, I think as long as he talks about it, this is where gaming is going or moving forward. As long as we don't lose, like he he again he talks that's, about yeah how, they they called out how uh, uh, first party games will still be the top tier. Yeah single yeah. player the, the, the thing in he talks about it first party games the triple a experience linear games those sell consoles yes as opposed to the other games those are the ones that like people don't buy an xbox for call of duty they just buy call of duty for whatever console they're already on like that's mm-hmm. just like i don't unless yeah. all they do is play call of duty then they buy the console of what they play their friends with what yeah. i'm saying is and that hopefully this you, next generation like it won't matter because they the There's a lot which, of people doing crossplay now. Yeah, which then again, you're still only playing. You're only buying a console for first party AAA games. You yeah. buy a PlayStation to play Spider Man. Yeah. To or mm-hmm. play God of War. You buy an Xbox because that's where your friends are. Or you like Halo. Or you like Gears of War. Game Pass. Like is Game it? Pass. Yeah. You now the reason to buy certain consoles isn't so much for certain games which these games as a service as what they're trying to be, they're not console sellers. They're now just purely about pushing that Mal 
what's our what's you know you know what's our active user base and that's Mm -hmm. that's the beauty in what microsoft is doing because microsoft has created their own games as a service with game pass of like these games are our service you are paying us the monthly server cost for it and now we've also added in the xbox live component it's like that's to me that's they've evolved it like they've learned how to do it without the shallowness of the games as a service of like hey these games are this service is going to keep you coming back and playing our games and that's they've gone away from talking about their console sales to how many people are actually playing games on game pass like they have that is what they Mm -hmm. have brought to the forefront and talked about more is how many users are actually playing uh the playing games on game which is such a great thing for the video game industry because they have lowered the barrier of entry to trying so many different people's games. I mean, yeah. it makes it much more accessible for for developers. I mean, the competition is a much, much more crowded place, but, mm-hmm. you know, like most people until, you, you know, you can only buy so many games. You can only try so many games, but now it's like you can really just try whatever you want. And yeah, Andrew, I definitely definitely have yeah well and that's it's been an interesting experience for me because i kind of i've always been drawn to the indie games because i feel like you get a more sincere uh kind of artistically uh has more integrity and is kind of i notice the details more whereas if i play uh you know a really like a triple a title it's been weird playing forza because i'm like oh wow this game is everything about this game is so well done Mm -hmm. um you don't notice the details because there's no, so there's no details. flaws except yeah. for like leg, which isn't the game's fault, you know, yeah. but it's, it, yeah, it's like, you don't, you, it's, it's kind of like movies, you know, it's like, if you like, there's probably a lot of people who went and saw transformers, you know, uh, there are a lot. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> you know, Good for you guys yeah. that you can be so easily entertained. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we, well, live, we live in a world where Sister Act made more money than the Winter Soldier. You know, like this yeah. is well, yeah. and that's but people could see the Winter the, Soldier as that mindless. No, I agree. But, yeah. but what what Game Pass is doing is it's being able to take people that have only been exposed to these large titles, and it's making giving them access to kind of expand their mm-hmm. video game palette, so yeah. to speak. I like the tweet back theory and what i mean by this is is the game small enough that if you tweeted about it they would tweet you and say hey thanks this is thank you so much because they are that small they care so much about the game that if i tweet at ea and be like hey guys you worked really hard at madden thank you so much for all you do this is really cool <laughs> you should do they, that yeah, yeah they could really care less. this is colin tweeting yeah. at donald trump yeah, about yeah, fixing yeah. the veto crisis that um where again if like you play one of these smaller games like with Oxenfree, once you know, if I got done with Oxenfree and I've, you know, I felt like if I tweeted, "Oh my God, this game is incredible! Thank you for all that you did. This game really mean a lot to me." The chances of them liking the tweet or tweeting back saying, "Well, even just yeah. uh, saying the words, I've I've not like tagged them in anything and just said the name of a game and they'll like my comment yeah. because yeah. they they care, they want to hear about that community as opposed to the bigger like they get flooded with tra- and you don't blame them. For every, sure. you know, for every tweet of me, this is more specifically sports games. Like if I tweet at Matt and say, hey, I, thanks for Matt and I know you guys work hard, work really hard and I'm happy you did all this stuff. There's a thousand people going, hey, this game is trash. Well, it's not real. You freaking suck. Yeah. And who really 
Like, my internet I don't cut care. Out I don't care about your Madden complaints because over and over again, you're going to get people that be like, this guy's ratings wrong. Like, really? Yeah. Like, I'm pretty sure we spent more time thinking about this than you. you <laughs> how, d- how dare you? I'm a Cowboys fan. Oh, okay. Amari right. Cooper's the greatest wide receiver ever to play. But here's now my that he's money. on the Cowboys. Yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> but, but here's my money. Yeah, yeah. Look forward to the uh, next one. But <laughs> when I was playing Felseal, I was, you know, had to Google certain stuff. And, uh, and I noticed that on the Steam boards, like the developers were pretty active in answering mm-hmm. questions. Um, and, and I think... I think that was in beta for a while, and so people were kind of helping them work out some bugs, but uh, they were gave really good feedback and interaction, and were very thankful for that. Just grateful that people were playing their game and enjoying it. This is the whole mm-hmm. reason why, um, why am I forgetting his name? Uh, Psychonauts. Tim uh, Schafer? Tim yes. Schafer. There's a reason. There's this whole reason why Tim Schafer is so awesome is because you get that feeling from the games that that love and that care and that if you met Tim Schafer and you'd be like, oh my God, I loved Psychonaut or I love Broken Age. I love, like he would legitimately go, thank you so much. We put so much into it. This is really great. If you go to random EA or Activision or Blizzard or whatever, you know what I'm saying? Like if you don't go directly, like Overwatch, I'm a big Overwatch fan. If I didn't go directly to the Overwatch team, I just talked to a, a Blizzard guy and be like, hey, Overwatch was great. He'd be like, thanks. You know, he walk. You know, he yeah. wouldn't. You know, like he wouldn't have that type of engagement that well, you would get from. That's kind of the idea with like Call of Duty has people where their whole job is to shade rocks. You know, and it's like, hey man, you did really great on that rock, the specific mm-hmm. one on this map. I, you know, like there's not that passion and that connection to yeah. the overall vision. Yeah, I was just looking at um, the Hollow Knight team the other day. It's three people mm-hmm. that made that game. That's and, incredible. Yeah, and. I, I think back to a, a friend of mine who she just got out of uh, jail. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> she she used to do environmental models for a, for a video game. Uh, and there were so many people that were like, oh, like, oh, so you do all the art. And I could just see in, in her. She's like, no, I made this fence. And it's <laughs> like, but she's an incredibly talented artist, like yeah. 3D modeler. And she does... Uh, great work and her husband is also a, a painter um he does concept art um and i they had to get out because of that i i saw in that that they were just like we're just this small little thing like we're not even when dropping the bucket yeah cog yeah. yeah you don't have count for the money at that point like that's your yeah. career and, and so that's that's where bills um i i can see that of yeah you wait and you said i made a rock <laughs> it just reminded me of that. That's a really even, dang good rock. Yeah. Which yeah. is even cooler when you get like one of my favorite games I've played in a long time is Axiom Verge. And I was, that was about made, to say Axiom and that was Verge made by one guy. One guy. Stardew yeah. Valley was one dude. Over yeah. like five yeah. years. Yeah. So like just seeing them pour their heart and soul into something, you're just like, you know, like if there's one piece or 10 pieces a part of a machine, you can individualize each part and go hey good job doing this hey good job doing that as opposed to when it's a cog of this super advanced machine that you know when thousands or hundreds of thousands of parts are a part of it just being like hey good job like each part does like you said one person shading a rock you're just like who are we really talking to right now and it seems like a lot of the difference between those titles i I'm, maybe this is general statement overly generalized but you it's more entertainment less art it's Mm -hmm. more 
kind of fun and entertaining, but it doesn't draw you into a deeper experience all yeah. the time. I mean, there's exceptions. Like, I haven't played God of War, but I feel like that game looks so phenomenally incredible that, you know, that you that's should, kind of an exception. Oh, man, yeah. you gotta play that. I don't have a PS. But if you but if you talk to Corey Balrog, who's one of the main guys on it, and you talk about, like, he takes that, like, like he's very... Um, honored by talking about that Mm. but as long as we don't lose those types of games to the games and service i'm fine because honestly those are the ways i connect with people far away like all my military buddies or people i don't see anymore day to day like the games or lance right Mm -hmm. like these are the ways that you can connect with friends is through these games as a service that now like if you and your buddy do play destiny or for or forza or any of these, you can hop on, you can spend hours with each other and you still hang out as opposed to you're not coming together once every, you know, you come out, you play the new Call of Duty for two months and then you come back a year later for that. And that's the only time you talk. Now you can talk. It's a really long. easy way to socialize. I mean, yeah, even, even like with you, it's like we got to drive 40 minutes, you know, if it's a weekday, well, why not just hop on and chat, you know, for a while and you yeah. get some time in instantly yeah you know? absolutely the only thing i worry about is burnout with these devs where they're yes they're yeah. used, yeah, yeah, yeah. used to ea yeah i know i know ea policies, ea but. has the policies but these companies that are starting to do live as service who have just made single play experiences where they work for four or five four years maybe get the game out take like a year off while with these live service ones they're just they're still there and inevitably, because there will be a one-upping, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Who yep. wants to be that next Fortnite, and and you yeah. fall off and it? And so Fortnite, there is that you a have live to, service that's burning out a lot of yeah. the epic people. Exactly, is that you have like you you got to put if you want to stay on top, you have to put in that time to continually put out that content because mm-hmm. if you're not constantly on top of things, like unless you have a very hardcore following that aren't that isn't going anywhere, because you could see, like, don't get me wrong, Fortnite was big, but you saw it. When Apex came out, Fortnite dropped precipitously. Yeah. For that small moment, Apex went way, way up, and then it's like, people are like, okay, I'm going back. I like Fortnite a little bit more, as opposed to with these other single-player games is that those stick with you now, mm-hmm. and that yeah. there's that core that doesn't, like, I'm not, I loved God of War. I'm never not going to love God of War, as opposed to, like, there these new games become fads. Where yeah. it's just like, yeah, I played Fortnite for whatever, blah, blah, blah. But now I'm on to the new thing. What's yeah, the new You're not hotness? really experiencing anything of meaning. Like, I think that, like, the significance comes with what you're doing with other people. Whereas, like, when you have, a, a like, a story-driven title, you're forced to think of the, the beginning and the end and what happened in between. It's like there's meaning that you can kind of reflect on and it becomes purposeful. But uh, mm-hmm. it's like if I play four you know rounds of Fortnite. like that didn't really change my thought process at all or impact me emotionally in any way any other than just getting you know super frustrated and <laughs> <laughs> oh you could get some chicken dinners yeah. winner winner that's PUBG. oh right my bad i got you well this has been a lovely chat folks guys girls there's no girls it just does dudes all sweaty in this room so hot. yeah super sweaty <laughs> yeah if you uh, want to contact us, we're on Twitter at NerdWeeklyCast, on Instagram, NerdWeeklyPodcast, and email nerd.weekly.forever at gmail.com, uh, Facebook, NerdWeekly. Uh, we have a comic book 
podcast called Origins Adaptations, usually on Tuesdays. Never know. It's up in the air. Uh, and we have a film podcast on Thursdays, which is a lot of fun. Yeah. We have oh. a new game going on, and it's uh, it's something. That's Go for check sure. it out. Show me the money. <laughs> yeah, show me the money. It's a, Origin mm-hmm. Adaptations is uh, I eat, um, uh, I have banana nut oatmeal, mm-hmm. and every okay. once in a while you'll get the nut. Yeah. And he was like, oh, this is great. That's Origins and Adaptations. <laughs> yeah. every, you know, it's not every bite, yeah. but when you get the bite. It's good. It's good. Yeah, yeah. solid. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Nomaco2. <laughs> <laughs> Will is dying. I'm at Willie B. Snazzy on Instagram. I'm at underscore Anthony underscore Rod on Twitter. Uh, you can find me at Origins Adaptations Gmail. <laughs> no. He's my nut. Uh, uh, no, LaBeauty Cooper on Instagram. <laughs> This has been a magic carpet ride. A whole new world. Yeah, no, I, I can show you A magic carpet ride. I can show ride. you the carpet ride. A carpet ride. Don't you dare close your eyes. Carpet <laughs> That's creepy when you say uh, it. <laughs> uh, <laughs>